So let's go ahead and get started and um, working through discipleship, so or discipling, both, I guess. So, um, man, there's like a whole group out there. Quit visiting. Come in. No, I don't know. <laughs> Quit being nice to each other. No. Um, yeah, this is good discipling, so. What was that, Andrew? <laughs> Just put that on pause, and then, no. No, that's good. Um, so as we get started this morning, uh, let's go ahead and kind of do what we've been normally doing of uh, sharing opportunities uh, we've had for spiritual conversations this week, um, be pray- to be praying for uh, one another. Um, so I think Kathy's got something to share, so we'll share that first, and then if you got... Um, um, others as well, that would be, that'd be good. So, Thanks for bringing that up, and we will be praying because that's that's both an opportunity and a challenge all rolled up in one. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, What else? Any other opportunities um, that you guys have had this last week to be spiritual conversations, um, opportunities that you've had at all? All right, well, let's pray for Kathy's, uh, Kathy's, and we'll go from there. So, Father, we um, just... Um, come before you and are humbled uh, because you are um, at once the sovereign Lord over all things, and yet we see a broken world um, in which uh, people do very, 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 very sinful things, including suicidal, Lord God. It's just devastating. And um, Lord, we pray for Jim and Kathy in in specific as they... um, are in about a week um, going to be going to this service and um, being in a Mormon church that's preaching a false gospel and false teaching and yet wanting to talk to family. Um, and I just pray that you would give them at once um, a gentleness and a boldness um, and just a wisdom to how to speak um, to those, those who are there. Um, Lord, we ask um, for that. Lord, we do pray for opportunities this week um, to proclaim you, uh, to speak of you uh, to one another um, and to those who do not know you. Um, we pray even for um, for tonight, as we have people knocking on our doors, um, just to be able to meet some of our uh, neighbors and to, to get to, to know them a little bit. Um, and I pray that you would grant, uh, just grant, uh, grant us opportunities, Lord. We love you. We want to proclaim your name. And we want others who do not know you in a very dark world to know you. So we pray that you would do that. Um, And uh, we just pray for our time this morning as we talk more about discipleship, that you would help us, that you would teach us, and you bless this time in your name. Amen. 
All right, so we are continuing in the discipling book, and we are doing chapter 3 and chapter 4. Chapter 3 is the longer of the two. Chapter three, uh, 4 is kind of short, but by way of review, what does it mean uh, to, uh, to, to be a disciple and to disciple? What does that mean? What does it mean to be a disciple and to disciple? What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good. So being a disciple is we're following, uh, we're following Christ. That's the idea of a disciple, one who's following Christ, following his um, teaching, uh, but following him, right? He is living. He is uh, resurrected. He is ascended on high. We are, we are um, following him and what his directives um, through the word. Um, okay, flip that around a little bit. So now what does it mean to disciple? So if I'm discipling someone um, else, what, is, what does that mean? What was his definition in the book? Exactly, right? So helping others to follow Jesus. So if this, um, being a disciple is following Jesus, right, what does it mean to disciple? It's to help others following Jesus. Uh, helping them, think of the Great Commission, right? Baptizing them, that's the first step. Um, but then also teaching them to observe all that um, Christ has commanded. Uh, the, what was the other definition he gave? So it's definitely helping others to follow Jesus, which is a nice, simple way of putting it. But he kind of gave this other alternate definition as well, uh, just to kind of help us think about discipleship. And what was that? Sure. Yeah. So that, yeah. So that's where he dives in uh, this week, and and that's kind of on the heels of what he said, right? Like discipling is helping others to follow Jesus. It's doing intentional spiritual good um, to someone to help them to follow Jesus, and right. And then this week he he it kind of fleshes out a little bit more of what that looks like um, in general. Uh, just and again, we're just kind of reviewing from what we did last last time. Uh, who is called to discipleship? Or to disciple, I should say it like that. Who is called to disciple? All of us, right? Um, it's, it's all of our mandate, right, to disciple, um, to do uh, intentional spiritual good to one another, to help one another to follow um, Jesus. What's the goal? Do you remember the goal he talked about last week? Uh, what's the goal, the end goal of discipleship? Discipling, what are we trying to do? Yeah, yep. So that's the evangelism part, right? The initial conversion, discipleship, is, that is part of discipleship, right? That initial conversion to, to Christ, to being in Christ. But then it's an ongoing process. What's the, what's the end goal of the, the whole process, the whole ongoing process? What are we trying to do when we're doing intentional spiritual good? We're helping others to follow Jesus. Yes, we are helping them to follow Jesus, but what's kind of the end goal of the whole discipleship thing? Yeah, yeah. Right, so helping one another reach the end is part of that, and then as a part of that, right, uh, what is Christ doing? He's, he's um, ransoming people. Uh, well, remember what Paul said in Colossians one twenty eight and 29, right? Him we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone that we uh, might present people mature in Christ, right? So uh, maturing as they go through life, but also at that end, um, presenting them mature to, to Christ. So let's just review a little bit. Um, on that. So now he talks about the work of discipling in chapter 3, and um, uh, like Kathy mentioned, the key kind of sentence that uh, is the, the topic sentence, if you will, for the, the chapter is on the top of page 36, and he says this, um, but to fill that out, discipling is initiating a relationship in which you teach, correct, model, and love. Uh, it takes great humility. And all of those words that he mentioned, you'll notice as he goes along, those are the section headings, right? So he's, he's really building off of this statement. And he's saying, this is what it looks like to disciple. And then he just kind of explains what each of those, those means as he goes through the chapter. So he starts with initiating. What was his point uh, in talking about initiating? Okay, yeah, connection. What does that mean? What do we mean by connection? 
What do we mean by initiation? What do we mean by connection? Yeah, it's being specific with someone, right? So being in, um, uh, and, and not being passive in that, but being active in that. Um, I, I don't know how often, um, and it's true, right? We often think, well, um, I would love to uh, disciple someone or I would love someone to disciple me, uh, but uh, there's kind of a hesitancy to just say, hey, there's a person, let me just be intentional with that person or vice versa, right? Like, I'm going to go ask someone, I need some help, uh, so I'm going to go ask someone to help me out, right? So it kind of goes both ways. Uh, but what he's saying is uh, you got to be the one to initiate, right? Uh, it's not a passive thing. Uh, it's, it's not waiting around until someone just walks up to you. It's, it's uh, being intentional with someone. Uh, what would you guys think about that? How is that uh, hard, different than what you thought about before, encouraging, challenging? Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's a huge point of the book as a whole, but a, even this section, right? It's, it's not a form. It can be a formal thing, but it doesn't need to be a formal thing, right? It's, if we th- think about that definition, right, intentionally doing someone's spiritual good to help them to follow Jesus, there's a lot of ways that that looks, right? So um, discipling can look like an ongoing, okay, I'm meeting with you sort of relationship. It can look like, Eh, let's uh, let's meet and talk about a specific issue. It could look like a conversation after the Sunday sermon. It could look like having a meal during the week. It could look like all of those things because it's just each of those places or or uh, is a venue uh, for being able to intentionally do other spiritual good and help them to follow Jesus, right? Uh, but there's intentionality. It's not passive, and it does, it's not scary. Like uh, sometimes I've just asked people, "Hey, would you be interested in you know meeting regularly, talking about?" Uh, you know, whatever, and um, and could be talking about a specific thing, could just be asking for sharing prayer requests each week. It's it's really, um, but you got to do it. You got to be the one to launch. You can't assume that someone else is going to kind of do it. Uh, other thoughts on this? This is so important. This idea of initiating, because uh, we're it's it's scary, or at least it feels scary um, to to do it. Other things you underlined or thought were helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. good. The key here is, is that, and he even says this a little bit later on, discipling the gospel also means that sometimes you lead the way in confessing weakness or sin, right? So, uh, and that's so true, right? Like, here's the thing about discipling. Um, no one has arrived. We've each got our issues that we're working on, right? We are each growing in maturity. Um, and so th- there's, there's, a, there's a two-way street, right? There's one, a willingness to receive input into your life from a fellow brother and sister. Uh, you should, everyone, including myself, uh, right, we should all be wanting that input, and at the same time, we um, need to be pouring out, right? There's inflow and there's outflow, uh, and that's true for, for everyone, so, yeah. Okay, so then um, he talks about um, outside the church, inside the church. This goes back to what Gary was talking about, right? The first step is uh, in discipleship is, okay, you need to be a believer, right? Um, so this is where it ties in with evangelism and all that we talked about with evangelism in that, that book. Uh, but it's not just someone makes a profession of faith. What, what is key uh, when, uh, okay, someone makes a profession of faith, how do you help that person as a new disciple?
Okay, uh, true, we want to do that. But even more important than that, on a one-on-one getting together, what does he point to on page 837? Uh, what do you want to do for that person, like, uh, pretty immediately after they're converted? Get them baptized, right? Uh, think of the Great Commission. You make disciples. How do you do that? By baptizing them. Baptizing, ba- that baptism is a, a picture of not only the individual committing to Christ, but the church, because the church is the one baptizing, the church committing to that individual, a.k.a. they're bringing them in as a member, right? Um, uh, those things should follow closely on the heels of discipleship, because discipleship is a whole church project. It's not just the one-on-ones. It's uh, one of the... <laughs> Uh, the the key one of the key venues of which you're going to get discipling in is being part of the local church, so uh, that's key. That's 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 important. Uh, what else does he say about this this idea? So someone becomes converted, you want to get them to baptism to church membership, uh, and then uh, what other things does he mention on 37? Uh, yeah, I guess it's just the rest of 37 there. So. Why do you want to bring them into the church? Like, why do you want them to be members? Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. So you got the one another's going on. You got the Lord's Supper, right, which is an ongoing affirmation of membership and of uh, the gospel, that we are confessing the same gospel, that we are one body, right? He quotes 1 Corinthians ten seventeen. I love that verse. Um, uh, because there is one bread, the communion supper, uh, we who are many are one body, right? Um, and the, so there's this idea, of, you want to bring them in because there's the mutual accountability of sitting under the preached word, of sitting under the ordinances um, of baptism and the Lord's Supper. So, yeah, great. Yeah, encouraging praying together, right? We do that. It's all the one another's, including and especially um, encouraging and praying for one another together. So, good. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that? Page 37. Things you underline, things that are helpful. Okay, so then he talks about one of his other main words, uh, teaching. So what's he mean by this, right? So he's talking about discipleship. He's kind of defining more of what that means. Uh, What's his point in this Uh, section teaching on page 38. Yeah, so part of discipling is teaching. What do we mean by that? What do we mean by saying that um, discipling, you're going to be teaching? What do we mean by that? Yeah, teaching the word. Exactly, right? So it's back to the Great Commission. Jesus laid it out for us nice and simple. Baptizing and teaching them to obey all that Jesus commanded. So think about it like this, right? Um, this is kind of a phrase that, that struck me a while back. I read in a, another book uh, that's helpful. God builds his church through his word. Right? And intuitively, you know that that's true, but you th- sit and think about it that uh, how did we get converted? Scripture talks about how we, uh, by his own word, he brought us forth as a first fruits, right? Uh, so initial salvation through the word. How do people grow? Ephesians 4, speaking the truth in love. It's a word-based, right? So it's teaching. So even if you're not like, oh, I don't have the gift of teaching, right? Well, that may be true, but you still have something to teach, right? You still have a part in being able to speak to that person about the word um, and help them to grow. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the scriptures and teaching, and because the reality is, is like especially with a new believer, you sit down to crack the word open, and you're sitting down with them, and like. You know, they might read it, but it's like, I'm not getting it, right? You need that teaching aspect um, to, to get it, just like the, the Philip with the Ethiopian. So other things that you noticed and that were helpful under this section of teaching, page 38. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Good. Um, he says this in that, that um, last paragraph in that section. Interpersonally, uh, teaching occurs as people learn to have spiritual meaning, com meaningful conversations with each other. Well, what would it look like to have a spiritually meaningful conversation with someone? I mean, what would that be characterized by? Spiritually meaningful conversation with someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're sharing what has happened in your life. You're, hearing, you're listening. Listening is a key skill in all this. What, what's gone on in your life and what, what truth comes to bear on that as appropriate. Um, so, yeah. Right, right, which ties in with something Elsie mentions later, right, like that this is why we do this in this church, right, we're manifesting care for one another. It's not just, here's the truth, right, it's not just speaking the truth as much as that is needed, it's speaking the truth in love, right? Uh, we care for that person. Um, there's a gal at um, our church up in Spokane where she said, uh, people, you can tell people anything as long as they know you love them. Um, I think that was Helen Campbell, wasn't it? Yeah. She used to just say that, right? That as long as people know you care for them, you can tell them pretty much anything, right? Um, so, which leads us into correcting. So, um, page 38 and 39. So, what's the teaching? So, there's positive instruction there. What's correcting? Warning. Yeah. Uh, which is a manifestation of love, right? You're going in the wrong direction. You're doing things that are dishonoring and displeasing to the Lord. Um, so it's not just positive instruction, but also corrective instruction. Um, get back on the path. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, um, turn to Hebrews 3 really quick, just to see that. And um, someone read 312 um, through 14. Hebrews 312 through 14. Someone go ahead and read that. So we talked about, when we were talking about the gospel and gospel life, uh, it is necessary to persevere in the faith, in the gospel, as a believer, right? Well, how do we do that? Part of the means of doing that is having someone who's willing to correct us, right? Uh, who's willing to say, that's a problem in your life, and if you keep going that way, you're, gonna, you're, you're heading towards, uh, if it's, you know, depending on what the issue is, right, you're heading towards... Uh, not making it. <laughs> You're heading towards not making it to the kingdom of heaven. And we warn each other uh, in that sense, right? And we all need that, right? We all get distracted. Sin is deceitful, right? So um, we should be in a, ha a, a good habit of correcting one another. Um, and even, uh, like, for me, I hope that that would be true for me. If, like, there was something off in my life, I would hope that one of you would come up to me and say, hey, Chris, uh, that's not good. You're, you're off base there. Um, Show me from the scriptures and be like, oh, thank you, because I don't want to get off track. I don't want to uh, miss out on the kingdom. So um, how easy is it to correct someone? Yeah. 
Right, right. Right. It's, 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 um, it's constructive criticism, right? It's saying, it's, there's a good principle, sandwich criticism in with uh, affirmation, right? So, I love you. Um, I really appreciate you. I appreciate this about you. I um, see the things that you're growing in. This is great. But let me talk to you about this particular issue that's going on in your life, right? And then you bring up the issue, you walk the person through it, and then you say, you know, remember, I'm telling you this because I love you. I want to see you grow. I want you to see you love Christ um, more. Um, and, you know, that's just a good principle um, in correcting someone, right? Sometimes you have to be stronger and you say, you are out of line, right? Like a rebuke. That's what the scripture would call a rebuke. Um, but that's the loving, right? You're, the goal is not to exalt yourself over that person. That's a pharisaical way of correcting someone. But it's to say, because I want to see you make it to the end, I'm willing to correct you, even though that is hurt and uncomfortable for us both. So, yeah. Other thoughts on correcting? Okay, well, let's keep moving. Modeling, uh, chapter, er, page 39 through uh, 40. What's this idea of modeling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, practicing what you preach, uh, living it, yeah, and why? How is, how is living it helpful to discipleship? If you're discipling someone, you're doing intentional spiritual good to someone, we're teaching them, why is modeling so essential to that mixture? Yeah, if I'm not living it, they're not going to believe it. Um, there's also this reality, too, where... Um, I don't know how you are, but like I hear something, I, I have a, the theory in my head, but then I really don't um, fully grasp it until I'm doing it or I'm seeing someone do it, and then right after they do it, I do it, right? So there's also kind of that apprenticeship side of discipling, right? Not only do I need to back up with my life what I'm saying, but I also, I can help the person say, all right, this is what I do to do this. Why don't you do the same? What, what, what would be a good... Um, Let's think examples. Let's think concrete. What would it look like to, uh, what would be an example of modeling or example setting in discipleship? Um, what, what could that look like? Uh-huh. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you're a mom who's been down the road a piece, right? And another mom's having trouble getting in. What does it look like to have a faithful time in the Word with the Lord, right? Uh, well, here are ways I do that. I put up cards around the house. I do this or that, right? And you're coming alongside that person, but you're also giving them a concrete way that that can look. Not that they necessarily have to do it verbatim the way you do it, but you're giving ideas and you're helping that person along in concrete ways. Yeah, Mike. Right. Prayer is, is one of the, these ways, too, that is kind of a modeling sort of thing. It's not that you're praying for, uh, for the, uh, to the other person. We learn that from Matthew, right? But there's a way in which you learn how to pray by listening to uh, he hearing out other people pray. Uh, and that's a good evidence of, like, if you have faith, right, like Mike's talking about, if you have um, a true belief in God, right, that's going to express itself in prayer. Uh, it's hard to pray, so how do you learn how to pray? Well, you do it, uh, but you also participate with others doing it and learn that. That's, a, that's like one way in which modeling in the context of discipleship can happen. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, and then he talks about mutual love, page 40 and 41. Um, what's his point there? Love does what's best for someone else at great cost to oneself, right? That we see that in Christ's love, right? He he loves his people, meaning he sacrificed himself for their good, right? To give them himself. In discipleship, it's not about just I know a bunch of stuff and I'm going to teach you, but it's I want um, I, I want you to follow Christ. I want you to love Christ. Um, I'm going to take my time, I'm going to sacrifice to do what's best for you in helping you to love Christ. So that, and that idea of mutual love, it's two ways, right? Mutual encouragement. So. Okay, humility, 41, uh, 42, 40. This, he gives some good examples here. This is really good. What was, uh, what was he saying, um, you know, he brings in this issue of humility in discipling. Um, and what is, what's he talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're all, we all need help. We're all in progress. Uh, that doesn't mean we want to just remain there. We want to grow. Um, but uh, that's the attitude of humility towards one another. I, I'm, I've found bread in the gospel in Christ. I want to help you find that same um, bread as well and to grow. Yeah, good. Uh, what did you think of his... What was helpful about his example with the two, like the two ladies? What was his point with that? You got the one gal and her house is a mess. And there's actually a lot of learning to be had, right? Where, and that was that point of that story, right? Like, how does the gospel look when things are nuts um, and chaotic at your your house? And yet, how you navigate those? If someone's watching you navigate those, right? That's that's part of that whole modeling idea, right? But it feels really hard, right, to let someone in say in and say, okay, uh, we're not at all put together here. This is not. Uh, the way I would normally like to present uh, <laughs> how things are going, but but they learn through that, right? And it takes humility to be willing to do that. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah, Gary. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so there's humility. Anything else? Pages 42, 43, um, 44. It kind of ends with this idea of guiding towards heaven. Um, and we've already said that, right? That really we're just trying to help each other make it to the end. It's part of that aspect of perseverance. Yeah, Pat. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that's a good point because how would that, even that, so let's suppose, right, like you, you're bringing someone into your life, they're observing you, and let's suppose, like, okay, someone comes over to our house, and then Ashley and I get into a little bit of a tiff right in front of that other person, right? That's, that's horrible, right? No one wants to do that. We don't want to do that. Uh, and yet, what, what's the possibility of learning and discipleship in that? What would that look like? Yeah. How do we reconcile, right? Okay, uh, you know, and, um, you know, you know, we reconcile with each other, and maybe um, we can't you do, do all that right in front of that person, but we reconcile with each other and say, hey, you know, I, I know that you saw this. Uh, I just want to tell you this is how it resolved itself and how we work through that, just because you, you, you saw that, right? And so it's a good teaching opportunity of, because we're all going to fail. Um, we're all going to uh, sin, but then the question is, right, there's a, there's a right way as a disciple to work through that, and that other person needs to see that as well. So, yeah. Yeah, which is humbling, right? It's all back to that humility. Very humbling, um, uh, which is good. So, uh, other thoughts on this chapter? Um, anything you quoted, underlined, had questions about, disagreed with? Anything? Let's move into chapter four, objections to discipling. This is a pretty short chapter, but essentially he's saying, um, here are common objections that I hear of why uh, you, uh, why we shouldn't, why this isn't for everyone, right? That's his argument. His argument is this is for everyone. Everyone in the local church is involved in the project of discipling. Um, and, you know, here's some objections that you might hear. So, We'll just kind of work through these, and um, maybe you can resonate with some of these. Maybe you can add some of your own that you've heard, and, uh, and let's work through them. So, objection one, the discipler is not ideal. So, the one doing the discipling uh, is not doing, uh, the, the one being discipled is saying, the one who's discipling me isn't, isn't ideal, is not doing a great job. So, what, what's a proper response to that? Right. You're not going to find the perfect person. Uh... And, you know, you can even extend that. You're not going to find the perfect church, right? Um, so there's that reality. So, okay, you're not going to find the perfect person. You're not going to find the perfect church. What do you do with that? You're the one being discipled. And it's like, okay, this person's not ideal. This church isn't ideal. Okay, but what do you do with that? Yeah? And say what? Humble yourself and say... There's still something you can learn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Humble yourself and and then saying, okay, what? But what can I learn? This is maybe this isn't my quite my style of whatever. Um, but um, but what can I learn from that person? Right. 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 Because on the flip side of that, right, it's like, well, okay, you don't want to put up, like, unnecessary barriers for someone. Um, so how can you get better at helping uh, someone else, right? So, good. Um, objection two. What's objection two? A person is always listening to her disciple or she might no longer submit to other good authorities like parents, husband, or church. Um this is kind of an interesting objection. Um, yeah, what do you think about this? What's, it, what's the issue here? Right. Right. Yeah, you're, it's not to, uh, here's another one, um, youth groups, like, um, right, um, where 
you know, okay, so, some a junior high or high school kid latches onto someone and they're receiving that instruction, and that's good. And oftentimes they'll say things that's like the parents have been saying that for years, right? And then it's like, oh, really? That's uh, <laughs> but but it's that's the thing, right? A discipling relationship is not to replace uh, other authorities, right? It's just to, like Brenda said, to build those those up in the proper sorts of ways. So, uh, objection three: this whole, this whole thing seems self-centered and prideful. Um, now, why would, why would discipling be called self-centered and prideful? Why do you think someone would object that way? Sure. Yeah, it could be. So you can set yourself up as the guru, right? And, um, and, uh, and it could become that, um, but um, it doesn't need to be. Um, be that. How did he answer this objection? Exactly, right? So we're not making disciples of us. We're making disciples of Christ, right? So there is an example part of that, um, but the example part is insofar as Someone is following Christ. Yeah. Objection four. Isn't it just pushy? Aren't you just imposing yourself on someone else? How would we answer that? Yeah, so there's, there's, there's an aspect, and he even said this in the last chapter, right? Like, you want to you wanna be working with people who want to be helped, right? There's a mutual kind of understanding in that. Um, what can happen with this is, like, it can become, can become an excuse not to initiate, right? Go back to the issue of initiation, right? If you feel like, well, I'm just opposing myself on someone else, or it's like, no, but God does call you to disciple, and there's a, there's a, there is a way to initiate in which you're not, you're not being overbearing, right? But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So here's the challenge for all of us, right? Like, you always got to be asking the question: Who am, who am I seeking discipleship from, and who am I discipling? That's the question for all of us, right? Who am I seeking discipleship from? And that takes a variety of forms, right? We understand that. And then, who am um, I seeking to disciple? Who am I working at being intentional with? Because um, it's a group project, so. Uh, what does? Say that one more time, Ken. Yeah, that could be. If that that's the person's attitude and they're not willing, um, and he kind of said, well, you might just kind of go on down the road to another person, right? But I took this as more like, I, I feel like someone who would be a potential discipler, right, kind of makes this objection quite a bit, right? Like, oh, I don't want to do that because I would just be imposing myself on someone else. Um, so you see the difference. If the person's kind of like that way, it's like, okay, maybe that, that's not going to work out. But if, if it's an excuse to not disciple, right, oh, I'm just imposing my opinions on someone, I can't do that, that's rude. It's like, well, okay, if you, there's a way in which it could be rude, but there's a way in which you can say, hey, would you, would you like to get together and read the scriptures um, with me, right? That's, what's that? Potentially, right? Um, if the person that you're trying to disciple has that attitude, right? And, and then it's, um, there might be some opportunity for gentle correction, right? Um, there's still a responsibility to someone like that, but. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, 
yeah, there's a there's a kind of a both and because um, there's a two sided thing. Uh, objection five: I don't need it. I mean, surely the most important things about the Christian life are self evident. So I'm far too busy for this to be a priority. This person I might be a little stronger on uh, with a rebuke, right? You are being arrogant because uh, Jesus tells you that you need this. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's, and there's a good and gentle and loving way to do that, right? Even in rebuke, uh, if that were necessary. Um, any other thoughts on that one? Mm-hmm. Right. And it, in this, uh, you hear this objection in regard to the church, right? I don't need the church. I mean, it's kind of the me and Jesus were good mentality, right? Um, and it's true um, that uh, it's, there's, Jesus is in the business of saving individuals, but he also saves them into a community that can help them to grow, right? Uh, lone rangers are dead rangers, um, that's 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 uh, the the idea. So, right, yeah, it's not personal, but not private. Yep. Um, objection six. This is just for extroverts. <laughs> what's the what's the answer to that? <laughs> I'm an introvert, like, naturally, I don't like, I don't get energized by being around people and uh, talking with people. I don't, that's an expenditure of energy for me, right? Um, but I do, um, Christ has worked in my heart. I love people, and I want to see them grow in Christ. And so, remember, discipleship costs, right? So for an introvert, that means it's going to cost you social energy. That's what I call it. Um, social energy, right? Uh, extroverts, okay, they might do a little bit better. They love being around people. Great. Um, but um, no, it's for everyone. Objection seven, I can't disciple. I'm imperfect, erring, and too young. How do we answer that? Great. Perfect job description. <laughs> um, turn to Romans, just really briefly. Um, turn to Romans... Uh, it's 14, no, sorry, 16, 15, I think. No, I always get the numbers mixed up in my head, which, um, oh, there we go, 15, 14, see, that was 15, 16, 14, they're all jumbled up in my head, so, um, 15, 14. I myself am satisfied about you, brothers, so he's talking to the Romans here, the Roman church, um, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another, right? Um, and certainly, there's, as you read through Romans, there's, especially in chapters like 12, 13, 14, 15, there's a lot of correction that Paul does, right? So these people were sinful, erring, uh, immature in a lot of ways, and yet he comes back and says, but because of the gospel, because of who God has made you, because of what he has given you in the scriptures, in the word, in the gospel, and knowing Christ, you are competent. Um, you are able to instruct one another, to disciple one another. So, yeah, that's kind of the answer to that last uh, objection. Any other thoughts before we, we close out for today? Yeah, David. Yes. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
So you're, it goes back to what we said before, right? Good works reinforce your words, which reinforce good works, right? And in terms of serving, in this case, what you're, the way you're framing it, serving others, right? Which is, is important, so. Right. And we've been seeing that in, in Matthew too, right? Um, Christ is at work within you, the Holy Spirit's at work within you, which means you're going to grow in good works towards other people and loving other people, serving other people, and in the context of discipleship, serving the person you're, you're ministering towards. So, yeah. Good. Um, okay, let's go ahead and pray and um, close out our time. Uh, remember the main question, right? Who are you discipling? And who are you being discipled by? Because we all need that, right? I need to answer that question, right? Who's discipling me? I think uh, the people I would go to right now, right? Jim and Steve, they help me, right? Um, they're, they're discipling me. Who am I discipling? Well, there's, there's people I have influence with. It's not just one relationship, right? It's who do you have that influence with? Remember, he mentioned that idea. So, all right, let's pray. Father, we want to grow in being good disciple makers um, helping one another to grow, helping one another to persevere to the end. Uh, Lord, we pray that we would be, have a culture of discipleship in this church, that we would love one another deeply, that we care for one another, that we would even correct one another when we're going astray, um, that we might make it to the end to you, because you are the good of the good news. We love you. Um, we thank you for rescuing us. And I uh, pray that you would bless the service this morning, that people would be mutually encouraged um, and built up in the faith. Um, pray for those who can't be with us uh, because of sickness today. Pray that you would encourage their hearts as well. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.